Kreusser, welcome to Recovery Now Radio, which is brought to you in conjunction with Adveriad Recovery and Living Room Cardiff. Adveriad Recovery is a registered charity offering specialist support to those with co-occurring substance misuse and mental health conditions. Living Room Cardiff provides ongoing support and aftercare as a community-based recovery centre that has an all-addictions approach, including gambling, alcohol, drugs, both prescribed and illicit, sex, eating disorders, gaming, etc., or any other harmful behaviour. We welcome anyone who needs confidential support in taking those first important steps towards change and recovery. Family members and friends are also catered for. For further details, please see the Adveriad Recovery website, www.adveriad.org.uk and www.livingroom-cardiff.com. Thank you so much. Welcome to Recovery Now Radio. Let's recover together. Persecution, you must be. Win and lose, you've got to get your share. Got your mind set on a dream. You can get it, no harder than seem Recovery Now Radio, coming to you from the living room and our very ad. Welcome to Recovery Now Radio, coming to you from the living room and Adveriad. My name is Jo and our guest today is Wendy. Welcome, Wendy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you, Jo. Thanks for having me. Well, it's so good to speak to you again. I spoke to you a little while ago and it's nice to have you on board with us today. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, before we talk about um, why you're here today, which is to discuss your substance misuse issues and um, co-occurring mental health uh, situation at the time. But before we talk about that, I'd like to play your first song choice, which is Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood. Why did you choose this one? So it was, I had awakened from um, an overdose uh, of prescription drugs in early 2013. Um, And when I awakened, I realized that if I had poured myself another handful of pills, that my death was going to be imminent. And I really wanted help, but I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know who to ask. I was, there was such a stigma attached to addiction and mental illness. And I have four children um, who I really want to um, thank and dedicate this, this, my first podcast to my son, Matthew, my daughter, Nicole, my daughter, um, Olivia, and my daughter, Sarah, and both my granddaughters, Rosie and Harper, because it's been, it was them that gave me the, the strength and the incentive 
to ask for help. So I prayed that night and I said, God, if you would just show me the way out of this, I will dedicate my life to any path you put before me. And the next more, uh, the next song, I, I asked for a song to play to give me um, a, a sign that God heard me. And I said, in the next song that plays, let me know that you hear me and that you're going to help me. And this was the song that played. Awesome. Gasoline, it'd been a long, hard year. She had a lot on her mind, and she didn't pay attention. She was going away too fast. Before she knew it, she was spinning on a thin black sheet of glass. She saw both her lives flash before her eyes. She didn't even have time to cry. She was so scared. She threw her hands up in the
you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was Jesus Take the Wheel by Carrie Underwood. Um, Wendy, we talked about, or you talked about um, a moment where you fell to your knees one day. But before we come to that place, um, would you mind just briefly telling us what your um, growing up period was like? Yeah, um, in a nutshell, it was very dysfunctional, abusive, neglectful. I lived with uh, domestic abuse that actually followed me um, throughout my life. I was, I experienced sexual abuse at age 14 um, and I never received help for it. Um, so I kept quiet, I never talked about it, I never told anybody. Um, and the pills that I was taking from age 14 for a, for a real medical issue, the first one I took, I realized that numb feeling was the feeling I always wanted to feel to numb out the, the trauma that I was experiencing ongoing. And so that lasted for the next 40 years until I was 54 years old. Um, that trauma stayed with me until I asked for help to save my life. Wow, that's that's quite a time, isn't it, of numbing down feelings? Yes, it was a lot, a lot of time, and it affected my life profoundly. It affected my family's life profoundly. I was high functioning, um, so I was able to go to work some of the time, not all of the time, and. Yeah, so when I finally asked for help to save my life, I made a promise to myself and to God that I was going to learn a new lifestyle uh, once I went into recovery and, and went to the rehabilitation facilities. Um, I, I now said, I'm going to find a holistic way of treating my anxiety and depression and even some of the physical challenges that I was having. And that's exactly what I did. And I went on to uh, become a certified holistic health practitioner and counselor. And I coach um, other people living in recovery um, through my wellness approach to recovery, which uses natural and organic solutions uh, to a healthy lifestyle. Excellent stuff. Well, um, when did you first realize that the prescription tablets problem that you were having was a real issue? When, when did you become aware of that? I truthfully, if I'm being honest, I knew all along. So when I was in my 20s and I was taking all of these pills, um, I was dealing with ongoing trauma, even in my, my marriage, my first marriage at that time. And um, I, I remember thinking to myself, well, when I get to be 30, I'm going to stop. And then when I got to be 30 and I was so deeply addicted, as you can imagine, I said, well, when I'm 40, I'll stop. And in my, my 40s, I said, when I'm 50, I'm definitely going to stop. This has to stop. And I, I never could. I had a doctor who was enabling me. He called himself an addiction psychiatrist. And rather than treating me, he actually uh, diagnosed me with PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, but never treated me for it. He was giving me a cocktail of over 2,000 pills a month which near, nearly killed me. Um, and so finally, when uh, one night in early 2013, when I, I just poured myself a handful of these of this cocktail of pills, and when I woke up that two days later, 
uh, from that overdose. And I realized, wow, I'm 54 years old. I never could stop. And if I don't ask for help right now, I am going to die. And I couldn't bear the thought. I, I actually pictured my my children standing over my coffin and never recovering from this death that I chose because mm. I was too afraid to speak up and ask for help from the right people. So um, yeah, it was at that moment that I prayed, as I said, and then the next morning when I woke up, I called my doctor and told the truth, spoke my truth and asked for help to save my life. Wow, that's quite a rock bottom. Um... I guess what we'll do is like play your next song and, th and then discuss with you what happened after that, if that's okay. Um, yeah. Your next song is Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion. That brings back memories of my own. Tell me why you chose that one. Actually, I, last time we spoke, you said that sounds like a love song. And, you know, it's actually my song, my connection with God, because oh. you loved me. When I didn't have a voice to speak, God spoke for me. When So it, it, it's that song. When I heard that song, I said, wow, I feel like this is my connection to the universe, the spirit, to God. Excellent.
you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was Because You Love Me by Celine Dion. Um, I can totally see the, uh, the the God conversation there in that song now I'm listening to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I remember I was, I had just gotten out of recovery and I was driving along the mountain road and the sun was shining. I see it like it was, you know, just yesterday. And that this song came on, I had just been discharged. Yeah. And I really felt that that connection, you know, in recovery where or living with addiction and mental illness, we're so afraid to feel our feelings and emotions. So yeah. this was like my coming out of being free to feel and to speak for myself. And I felt that was God really encouraging me saying, I, I, I've got you, but now it's time for you to start to speak on your own. And that's yeah, what I'm o- doing. Almost like an awakening. Absolutely an awakening. Yes, for sure. This is my ninth year of recovery. And I feel like I continue to have an awakening over and over and over and over again. There are There's so much to learn and there's so many opportunities to grow in recovery. And I feel like I am blessed to continuously have an awakening or a reawakening. Yeah. So how did your uh, journey, your recovery journey begin from that point then? What did you do? After I, I was discharged? Yes. Um, I... I flew back. I went to uh, treatment in California. I'm from New York, um, Orange County, New York, Rockland County, New York. Woohoo! And I came back to actually to Rockland, where I was from. And I had in in my addiction, I had given up my home, my belonging, most of my belongings. I only took what I could fit into my car. And so I had nowhere to go. I went to a motel in my town and I lived there for two months, had a little kitchenette and I started a blog. It was called the RX Diaries. And my son was my editor. He kept me on a structured schedule and I started writing and he said to me, mom, you know, you should write a book. And here I am in my ninth year of recovery and my book that began on that blog, living in that motel. And my son said to me at that time, isn't it going to be a great story to tell someday that you started all of this out of a little motel room at the beginning of your recovery? So my book, Write, Pray, Recover, A Journey to Wellness Through Spiritual Solutions and Self-Care is being published and it will be released in December of this year. And I'm very excited to share it. It will be an interactive book to help all of those living with substance use disorder, alcohol use disorder, as well as mental health challenges. Wow, that's quite an accolade, isn't it? That's awesome stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah. you. We're very excited about that. And my son was right. Here we are. And that's how it all began. A very, uh, very different, humbling experience for me, right? All of the things that I had been used to having, the money, the cars, the house, the, you know, the clothes, the uh, notoriety, so to speak, right, in a mm. certain lifestyle was all taken from me uh, in in that fall from grace. Yeah. And I have now been able to build it back up. That reminds me when you talk about the humbling, I I was, I wanted to ask you actually about like, could you describe to us some of the consequences of of what maybe what you lost and what happened to you because of your addiction? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Joe. Um, thank you for asking that because I, I think a lot of people out there are ashamed of what happens to them, but I want, I want to let, if you can hear my voice out there, I want to let you know that I, I had everything money could buy in my addiction, addiction life. I was married and children. I had every uh, beautiful home. I lost all of that. I had to file for bankruptcy. And I was just devastated that I that I had to do that. I remember it, this is actually in the book. I remember my my bankruptcy attorney saying to me at the time, if I were you and I was working for a non for profit, so I barely could make ends meet uh, paycheck to paycheck. She said to me, if I were you, I would go to the supermarket now and buy all of the toilet paper and paper towels that you can because you may not be able to afford that. And I was terrified. It seems funny to me now, but I did what she said. And I, I had a second bedroom and I stockpiled toilet paper because the fear of me not being able to have the money to buy that toilet paper, which we take for granted, these little things, right? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, was frightening to me. And so um, I lost relationships with my children changed. And I really had to build that back up, Joe, where they saw me being consistent and structured and keeping my word and um, being the mom that they deserve to be. And I have had lots of practice over these past nine years and we have beautiful relationships now. I'm earning my own living and earning my own way and I have rebuilt my life my way. Oh, wow. I won't go into my history, but that's such an inspiration for me personally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, your next song is I'm Your Angel. That's also by Celine Dion, but with R. Kelly. What inspires you with this one? So even in recovery, and I'm sure you'll agree, right? Um, I, I still have terrible anxiety and I still worry, even though I'm doing okay now and I've built this life, I still worry about money, right? From the experiences that I had. And as a child, we were very poor and on welfare. So every time I start to get that, oh no, what if, and I go to the future, I call it future tripping. I, and I say, you know, God, please give me a sign. Everything's going to be all right. This song comes out of nowhere on the radio. And I take this as spirit saying to me, I'm your angel, not to worry. I've got you. Everything's going to be okay. Let's have a listen.
listening to recovery now radio let's recover together and that was i'm your angel by celine dion and r kelly what a beautiful song i really enjoyed that um i wanted to also discuss with you wendy um the co-occurring mental health disorder that you talk about is it okay if we chat about that for a second oh my goodness of course so you know this is this is a part of uh, as you know um i am uh, a trained mental health coach, consultant, educator. And so this is something that, and, and suicide safety as well, because we find that a, a good percentage, I don't know the exact amount, but it's a high percentage of, of people that live with substance use disorder also have a co-occurring mental health disorder. And so for me, I was living, I'm going to say with multiple uh, 
disorders. I had substance use disorder. I was living with depression, anxiety, and a severe eating disorder. Um, uh, shopping uh, um, excessively and spending ridiculous amounts of money at the same time, all in trying to fill a void, all mm. in trying to find something to make me feel better. And the truth is, it's not an external factor that makes us feel better. I had to realize that I had to go within and start uh, talking about and treating and accepting my trauma that I had experienced as a child and through my 20s, 30s and 40s and even my early 50s. Once I could do that, and work through some trauma therapy and have ongoing talk therapy and using my holistic tools, um, it started to um, allow me to take a different perspective at knowing that none of this was my fault, mm. but my recovery, it was, my recovery was going to be up to me. If I wanted to crawl out of this mindset of the the trauma and the abuse and the neglect that I had experienced, I had to do the work for me. It wasn't yeah. about what other people were going to do or say or offer me. People could offer solutions, but I have to do the work. And yeah. I wanted to get better so desperately. I wanted to live my life. I wanted to, to see my children grow up and have children and, and experience joy and love again. And so I realized, well, it's time. I need to start to do the work for both disorders. We can't just stop using drugs and alcohol. We know that. Research shows that we can stop, but if we, if we leave that mental health piece untreated, we're not really recovered. And that's going to be a lifelong ongoing process. Um, even for me, just recently, I have had to reach out and go back into doing trauma therapy because the anxiety will pop up and try to take you down when you least expect it. You have to be prepared with tools. So please hear me when I say everybody that's listening to my voice right now, you need to uh, find a therapist or a treatment facility or a treatment center or treatment program that is going to treat both disorders, co-occurring mental health, as well as substance use, alcohol use disorder. Then you are truly in recovery and you have a chance of thriving in your life. Absolutely. And that's about, that's about preventing relapse re really, isn't it? And you, you, you mentioned a really good point with like the trauma, not being your fault, but your recovery, absolutely being your responsibility. Absolutely. Of course. So, you know, I could have continued on using pills and woe is me. And, oh, this, you know, telling my, my sad story about what happened to me, but that wasn't being productive. I wasn't getting any better. And so what I, when I started to get well, I started to realize, you know what, the answer to, or one of the solutions I should say that I find in recovery is prevention and awareness. So being aware of how I'm feeling, oh, I feel that anxiety escalating. What do I know that I can do in this moment right now? What tools do I have to, that are going to allow me to start to deescalate? 
right? Our mental health is on a continuum. Wellness is over here and, and, and unwell is all the way over here. And on any given day, at any given time, for any given reason, whatever it is that we are feeling bio, internally or biologically and our environment and really how we are practicing self-care is going to affect our mental health. And so it's up to us to be aware of what we're feeling and then to practice whatever self-care we can that resonates with us to make us feel better. And if that includes asking for help from a professional, needing to take medication short-term, long-term, going to a hospital uh, for treatment, going to a treatment program, or hiring someone like me as a holistic health counselor practitioner to guide you through with natural and organic solutions, just find what resonates for you, what makes you feel good, a healthy practice, and do it for your recovery. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing or saying or thinking. This is your recovery and your life. Your life. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think it's about being acknowledged, heard, but then putting the action in. So that's what you're brilliant. Um, that's what my program is about. It's having that thought, recognizing that truthful thought, and then have saying to yourself, what small baby step can I take right now? What action step can I take right now that's going to move me back to feeling well, that's going to move me along reaching my goal of feeling well? I, I say to my clients and, and in the, the teachings, the trainings that I do, ask yourself in that moment, in, the, in any situation, what will bring me peace right now? What is it that I need to provide myself with? that will give me peace, what will bring me joy, what will bring me wellness. Only inherently, we all know what that is. Only you know for yourself what that's going to be. And only you can ask for that if you need support from someone else or provide that for yourself. For me, I every single morning I get outdoors and I exercise. That is my my self-care, my greatest self-care is going to the gym and doing my two to three mile, sometimes four mile walk around the lake, listening to my music. That I know for me is what is going to heal me. Those are my action steps, regardless of whether I'm having an anxiety attack or just knowing that that is my prevention from my symptoms escalating during the day. Yeah path to healing which we'll talk about in a second but your um your next song is don't worry baby by the beach boys i love this song tell me about this one yeah so this song is similar to i'm your angel but here's the difference my father died at a very young age and he lived with his own substance, actually alcohol use disorder and mental illness. And so um, I grew up very angry at him for that until I went into recovery. And then I started to understand and empathize with him. Um, and I, I, I make a dedication in my book to him as well. And he used to call me baby all the time. And when this song plays, <clears throat> excuse me, when this song plays, I believe when I begin to have those worries or my symptoms begin to escalate, I swear every time I get to that point of, oh no, that song shows up somehow. Don't worry, baby. Everything's going to be all right. I believe that that is my, my father as my angel saying to me, okay, it's going to be okay. 
You're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was Don't Worry Baby by the Beach Boys. Um, just before that song played, um, I briefly mentioned a, a path to healing. Um, I'd like to ask you, Wendy, what happened after, is it the hotel or the motel, do you call it? Motel. The motel, yeah. What happened after that then? I had been hearing from the recovery community that I needed to leave the environment people, places, and things, right, uh, where I had been experiencing my unhealthy life. And so um, as I was there, I connected with someone who was a realtor, and I, I asked her to find me a place to live that would, that would be helpful for me in recovering. I was very ill. Remember, I had been addicted for 40 years to these drugs, and so my body needed a lot of time and care and patience to recover slowly. Um, and so she found me a place. I was living in Rockland County m- most of my life. And she found me a place just a, a 30 minutes north in what I call the country here. And I was this beautiful place she found me facing this amazing mountain of the Hudson Valley um, and skylights that brought in a lot of light. And I had a fireplace, which for me, that visual stimulation was very healing. And so um, I was in the motel until uh, I think till August, to the end of August from the time I came back from treatment in June. So um, I moved and I began a new lifestyle. I began surrounding myself with a team of holistic professionals, handpicking them to guide me through this process. Um, I didn't think I needed therapy, believe it or not, in the beginning. I didn't think I needed uh, traditional therapy, um, you know, until I did realize that, wow, I, I really, I need to start working on this. So I brought both of those um, practices together. So I had traditional medicine, if you will, right? Traditional talk therapy, no medication, no nothing for depression or anxiety. I really wanted to, to stay away from that since I had been addicted to drugs. I wanted to give my brain time to heal and find my, um, my balance and um, bring myself back into a homeostasis uh, position. And so that with my holistic lifestyle and going, starting to eat holistically, which means all organic foods, no um, processed foods, only um, whole foods, meaning vegetables and, and chicken and fish and nuts and seeds and legumes and lots and lots of water to flush out my system, just doing all of the healthiest things for me and being guided um, by a functional medicine physician who treats the body, mind and spirit, the whole person. And so I brought those two worlds together. You know, that saying, take what works and leave the rest. Some things have come up in in the uh, traditional approach to recovery and they don't work for me, but I still use some of the, you know, 12 step um, sayings and, and I am part of recovery, uh, recovery posse on Twitter. They're a phenomenal support that I love so very much. And I have my holistic lifestyle as well. And so I, I feel like I've really uh, empowered myself with so many different tools that if one thing doesn't work, I use another. 
And that's yeah. how I've been living my life and thriving in my recovery, just by surrounding myself, bringing together these two worlds of recovery. And would you mind if I asked you about your relationship with your higher power? Because obviously that plays a big part in your life. Yes, yes. Thank you for that. When I was in my addiction and that night that I asked for help to save my life, uh, prior to that, I, I prayed a lot. I prayed a lot because inherently I really knew when I would come down off those pills in, a, in the quiet of my space and in the truth in, inside of me, I knew I was very unwell. Um, and I would pray all the time and pray and pray. And then I remember my, my mother passed away at the beginning of COVID, uh, rest her soul. But I remember saying to her um, at that time, after I had asked for help and, and I called for help to save my life, I remember saying to her, mom, don't worry, because I have a very strong relationship and foundation with God. And I remember her saying, oh, it's so good to hear that. Um, I really feel that prior to my recovery, God was always there. It was just, you know, if you don't invite God or spirit or, or the universe, whatever noun you, you know, resonates with you, if you don't invite spirit into your space, then spirit is not going to come uninvited. Once we open our arms and we embrace spirit and God, and we say, please help me and please show me the way because I know you know better than I. And we, we are willing to listen beyond our physical limitations and see beyond our physical limitations. That is, that is the blessing of life, really, in, yeah. in, in, in recovery or not in recovery. If we are willing to humble ourselves and say, I don't know, I don't really know anything, but I know that whoever is running the show out there, up there, wherever we believe, I know that he or she, whatever you believe, does. And I'm going to sit and I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to ask for guidance and I'm going to be quiet. And I'm going to listen now. And that is the way I live my life. I don't normally, I, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, Joe, I do not make a decision in any situation without the advice of what I believe is my spiritual guidance. This is what my book is written about. I, I give many examples of my, my spiritual solutions um, mm. where I find myself at the 11th hour freaked out over something. And then I stop and remind myself, wait a minute, I don't need to decide this. All I need to do is stop and pause and ask and receive and then take an action step once I get that answer. Perfect. That yeah. Do you know what that that is? Absolutely right. And and of course, we're not taking um, the medications that blocked us off from receiving those messages anymore. What What do you mean? You know, like when we were taking prescription drugs or drinking or whatever it was, that would have blocked us off from receiving such messages from a higher power. Absolutely. I I will say though in my book that I do. Um, mentioned this, that even though I was high all the time, every day, I still had that connection to God. And I still heard what God was saying to me. But I was too afraid to trust him or mm. trust spirit. 
right? Because the drugs really make us, uh, I was in a, in a uh, drug-induced psychosis, paranoid delusions, mm. really suffering from that. And so once I was able to, I heard it, I believe that I heard what was best for me, but I was just too afraid to trust. Once I stopped all of these toxic substances and dried out and, and started to become well, it got louder and more profound and unmistakable. And then I realized, wow, this is something that I have to share with, with everybody because if you do start your recovery, you start to notice things in, in vivid color that you didn't notice before. And you're, you, you begin to say, I have nothing to lose anymore. I'm going to trust that this, whatever it is, this entity, this, this power that is so much higher than I is guiding me in my highest and most best interest. Yeah. Well, your next song, it seems quite apt actually now, Like a Rock by Bob Seger <laughs> and the Silver Bullet Band. So tell me about this rock. <laughs> so this actually comes in later. I knew the song. Uh, everybody knows Bob Seger and Like a Rock, but I had never really listened to the words. And throughout my recovery, as I support and guide others and go through my own challenges, and then I keep landing on my feet, thanks you know, to the universe and God and spirit, um, I was driving along the road only this past summer, and I don't know what it was that made me really listen to the lyrics. I became so emotional that I had to pull over to the side of the road. I was sobbing so hysterically because I believe this was God saying to me, I'm with you. And no matter what, you have been like a rock. At the end of this song, I was saying earlier, there's a a. a, a, a a line that says, I see myself again. Amen to that, man. That is something that really resonates with me. No matter what, I finally see Wendy. I had no voice. I wasn't present. And here I am, like a rock, living my life, thriving, helping others, and very blessed. Twenty years now. Where'd they go? Twenty years, I don't know. I sit and I wonder sometimes where they've gone. And sometimes late at night, oh, when I'm bathed in the firelight. Moon comes calling a ghostly way And I recall I recall Like a rock Standing arrow straight Like a rock Charging from the gate Again, like a rock. Oh, 
you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was Like a Rock by Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band. Um, Wendy, I could see there that you, like something was happening. You were getting a little bit emotional. Tell me. Uh, it's unbelievable to me when you are open. And as I said, you can hear and see beyond your physical limitations. So as I was telling the story about Like a Rock, I, I had... Um, posted on my Instagram about how exercise is so helpful for me and one of my self-care practices. While I was telling the story, somebody commented, rocking it with exclamation points. Good for you. And I feel like that was spirit saying to me as I was telling that story that I'm rocking it here yeah. with you guys telling the story. And Greg, if you remember, I'm just going to say that when Greg and I were emailing, I sent him or he sent me an email. Uh, it was early in the morning, like 730 in the morning. He sent me an email and um, he said, I really I love Bob Seger. I love the song Like a Rock. And at that exact moment, I had my Pandora station on Like a Rock started to play at that exact moment. And I think I screenshot it and I sent it back to Greg to say, look at this unbelievable serendipity. It, it's yeah. synchronicity. Yeah. So it's exciting if you really are open to this, man, it's there. It's it's I'm really powerful. there. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. And it's I that reassurance. Say, absolutely. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, once once you began a good recovery um, and I read in your um, bio that um, it's now your career. So can you tell me like how you got from being on a path to recovery to now doing it for a living? Yeah, so thank you. Um, it's really exciting. I. I was a, an English professor and teacher, reading specialist, and I, I still do the reading specialist gig uh, while I'm building my business. Um, but I went into recovery at Nyack Montefiore Hospital, that first five-day detox, and the, the um, clinical supervisor there, who is actually my therapist, Mignetta, um, she, I, I was discharged after five days. I went away to treatment, came back to the area. And she said to me, you know what, Wendy? And she knew I was into holistic uh, recovery now. And she was open to that. And she said, would you like to facilitate a women's group on the detox and recovery unit here? And I was thrilled. So I used to go every yeah. week and I used to work with the women on the unit there. And that grew into me beginning my work for the Mental Health Association of Rockland, to whom I'm so grateful because they afforded me opportunities for trainings, all sorts of mental health and substance use disorder trainings. Um, and so I began working for them. And then I began, they, they would send me uh, to the hospital, the local, two local hospitals. Every week for three years, I facilitated a living in balance group on the lockdown um, behavioral health unit where people are living with severe and persistent mental illness. And then again, at another hospital, Good Samaritan Hospital on the detox and recovery unit. And I'll tell you that is my favorite place to be on the front lines. And so with that interest, I wanted to incorporate the holistic recovery. I went back to school. Um, I 
got my certification in holistic health counseling, and I started my practice, a bus my business. It's very slow. Listen, you know, most of us, and I'm including myself in this, that we want a quick fix yeah. to what we're feeling. Holistic healing takes time. It really does. We have to find our baseline and work from there. And it's lifelong and it's ongoing and we need to have patience and we need to be okay with delayed gratification, not instant gratification. And most people, I find myself included, struggle with that. And so I began my practice. I be, uh, the hospital would start referring some patients to me who were being discharged, who were interested in, in not only holistic. Yes, I have worked with, with patients and clients who were, just want the holistic part of my program, but I incorporate the traditional part as well. So I'm part of a treatment team. Um, I am a peer specialist as well. So I've been trained in, in all of the um, important components of being a peer in recovery um, by the Office of Mental Health New York State, the National Council for Behavioral Health, the Suicide Safety Center of New York State, plus I have my certification in holistic health uh, healing. And so I work as a part of a treatment team. So I work with the patient or client's psychiatrist, psychologist, and then I work as some people call me their therapist, some people call me their coach, and we all get together. The client or patient, they call the shots. Uh, we're only guiding them along the way. I guide them along the way as a peer and as a coach living in recovery, offering them solutions, but it's, it's ultimately their choice as to what they choose, what they inherently know is going to be healing for them, and they have to ask for, for that for themselves. And that's really my role. I love, love, love my work. In fact, I also write, create, and and provide professional developments in mental health and wellness uh, trainings. I'm going to be doing one for New York State in October. I do this for all of the school districts in my uh, community and uh, for educators, for support staff, for first responders. So my work is really getting out there, taking off to rave reviews. And I'm excited to share that recovery is possible and we can live an amazing, blessed life while we're supporting each other through this. Well, there's another synchronicity. Blessed life, you've just said. And your next song is So Blessed by All Mariah right. Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about this song. You know, I think it's just so, so apropos that that song is next because that is um, just my, I, I always say when God wants your attention, he taps you on the shoulder, right? And if you don't get it, he whispers in your ear. And if you don't get it, then he really hits you over the head. But I really feel like this was the tap on the shoulder and whisper in your, my ear from spirit saying to me, you know, look all around you at all that you have achieved and accomplished. And in fact, as well, helping others with this disease. You're so blessed. That's my biggest blessing, Joe, is being of service and, and having this ongoing dialogue around the world. Excellent.
you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was So Blessed by Mariah Carey. This is really flowing today. I'm getting into this vibe big time. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm loving the music as well. Um, You mentioned helping others before we played that song and the role of service and what that does in your life and what it does for you and how it helps you and and I guess everybody you're helping obviously um can you tell us more about that what you get from it especially you know thank you that's a great question every time I sit down with someone whether they've been with me for a year or it's somebody that's new or I'm going into a room filled with you know hundreds and hundreds of people I make a connection with a person or people, when I look at them, I see myself and I melt, really. I, 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 I see myself years ago and I, I see this person as vulnerable and precious and wanting so badly to be well. And I know I have some of the answers. I don't have all of the answers, but I do know that my path works. I've I've helped enough people to know that it does work. And so I I offer that to each and every person, whether again, whether it's in a big group of hundreds or one-on-one with a person, I offer only when asked. If I'm asked, what did you do? How did that work? I happily share anything and everything that I can to aid this person to begin or continue their recovery. I will never say to someone, let me tell you what I did, or Mm. this is what you should do. Never. You'll never hear the word should come out of my mouth. We're all different. We're all individual and we all need different things. And only we know what that is. Mm. So I guide the person by eliciting from them what is it that makes you feel good? You know, on a day where you may be feeling down, think about something that you enjoy doing that brings you joy, that brings you happiness, that brings you peace. And tell me about that. And I guide them from there. I always, I'm sure you've heard the saying, and there's so much truth to this, meet the person where they are. Mm. Allow them to give you that information and then guide from there, suggest from there, but ultimately it is always their decision as to what it is that's going to be helpful and healing for them on a cellular level, Mm -hmm. right? I can't say to somebody, oh, you know what works for me? I go to the gym every morning and I work out for an hour because that may not resonate with another person. It's always meeting them where they are and guiding them from there. Yeah, and, and in some cases, well, I, a lot of cases, I would think, it's it's probably um, a rare time where people begin to feel loved again. Do you find that? Uh, you know, you are sort of reading my mind or spirit is putting these words through you and asking me. It's so difficult when we are living with a brain disease like substance use disorder, alcohol use disorder, mental health challenges, to feel worthy. Mm. And then once we start to do the inner work and, and meet that trauma head on and we work, we do the trauma work and we start to feel well and back 
to living again. I find many times that love is withheld because people fear this disease. They don't know that they could, you know, it's been nine years for me, man. I, I you know, I, I'm living my best life. Mm. Some people still don't trust that tomorrow I'm not going to make that right decision for myself and possibly hurt them again. So they withhold, they hold back the love. And here's why I love that you asked me this. So I'm single and I've been single for a long time. And I was in a, a very serious relationship and uh, for many years and that recently broke up um, about a year and a half ago. So, well, actually th three and a half years ago, but he's been in and out. So I've been dating and 99.9% of these people that I go out on a date with, I'm very upfront and forward about this. I'm very upfront about what I do for a living and why I do this for a living. I'm, I never get called again. Or I have somebody say to me, I, I, I support you in your recovery, but I don't want anything to have anything to do with it. People are scared. They wow. don't want to be, they don't want to offer their love, their time, their trust to someone that has been living with these disorders. It's too frightening for them. This is why I do the work I do. Let's keep having this ongoing dialogue, talking about this, because if I had cancer, I don't think that I would be treated in this same fashion. I think people would give me another chance. They wouldn't turn, take, hold back their love for me if I were living with a disease like cancer. Let's normalize the symptoms of, of this brain disorder. Let's talk about it. Let's normalize substance use and alcohol use disorder because this is a real disease as well as our mental health symptoms. Let's support each other. Love should never be withheld. Let's love everyone through this. Yeah, and it absolutely conquers all. And I think um, the disorders that we've been talking about today are so much more common than people think or are willing to talk about. And I think that many people shy away from it because then they have to look at themselves. Uh, everything about me, Joe, is out there. I write about it. It's on my blogs. I talk about it. I speak about it. I'm a keynote speaker. I am not ashamed. I'm thrilled to be in recovery. I'm proud to be in recovery. But there are people who, when they get that close, they, they may say to themselves, wow, I see myself in her and I'm too afraid to go there. So I'm, I'm going to hit the street, go as far away from this person as I can. It's too frightening. I just want to, I, I know we're, we're short on time, but I want to tell you that substance use disorder, alcohol use disorder is listed in a a book that I use called the DSM. It's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders put out by the American Psychiatric Association. And those disorders are listed in this book as mental health disorders. And there's nothing to be afraid of because we all have mental health. Hear me, everybody. Everybody in the world has mental health. And it's on that continuum we talked about earlier. And so at some point in our day, in our week, in our month, in our year, in our lives, we are all going to experience some type of a mental health challenge. Let's love each other through this and give support. Wow, Wendy, that was like so inspirational. Talking about like destigmatizing what what we know to be such an insidious disease is a yeah absolutely inspirational. I just want to play your next song now, which is Intuition. 
by Jewel. Now, I don't know um, this. Uh, is it a band or a singer? Can you tell me about it? She, Yeah, she's a singer. She's sort of folksy, plays the guitar. I just I resonated over the years with a lot of her her songs. Um, there's another one she sings besides this one that resonates, Who Will Save Your Soul? And we were just talking about You Were Meant For Me. So I really, I, I enjoy her music, but this one in particular um, is all about my intuition. And sometimes even I, as spiritually connected as I feel I am, I doubt myself sometimes. And then I hear this song and I, I know spirit saying, go with your intuition. But his boss, Kate Moss, can't find a job in a world of postmodern fan. What was good now is bad. It's not hard to understand. Just follow the simple path. Follow your heart, your intuition.
you're listening to Recovery Now Radio, Let's Recover Together. And that was Intuition by Jewel. I really enjoyed that. Just before we played it, though, um, I picked up on you talked about little doubts within yourself. And I just want to thank you for like your honesty, because I think that's key when we're honest about what we're feeling and we talk about it. So, yeah, I really want to thank you for like being here, well, being here today, everything that we've talked about and destigmatizing and that, you know, the bravery and the honesty that you've shown. But I, I now want to move on to the future. Uh, I know you've got a book coming out and, and I want to know what the future looks like for Wendy now. Oh, my gosh. It's wide open. You know, I, I again, I every morning I say to spirit, the universe, God, just today I, I ask for two things. Show me where to go, who to see, what to say and to whom to help another person and just guide me as you will. And so whatever spirit, universe, God has in store for me, I'm going for it. And I, I, I feel like I'm being shown a world tour with this book. Um, I, I feel like I'm going to be given a very big platform and big venues to talk about this because there's millions of people living with this brain disorder, worrying about the stigma and the shame that they feel like I used to feel and too scared to talk about it. And those are the people that we're losing and it's unnecessary. We don't need to lose another soul, another precious soul to this disease. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out uh, once the book is published on the road and traveling wherever, whoever will have me to hear my story and to offer hope and inspiration and camaraderie and solutions, you know, if people ask for that in recovery. This is a very exciting time for myself. And I believe all of those that I'm connected to who were afraid to speak up in the beginning, who have now said, I I'm not going to hide from this anymore. This is a disease like any other disease. We deserve the same treatment, the same respect, the same um, places that other people are given to recover. We all deserve the same things as anybody else living with any other disease. And I want to get out there and use my voice. You have to remember, my voice was silenced my entire life. Always silenced, told not to talk about it. And I'll never be quiet again. And I think, you know, I, I don't mean that in a crass way. I do it with integrity and kindness. I think kindness goes a long way. And I think when you are humble in your speech, people hear you a lot more than if you're coming at somebody, you know, yelling and screaming your whatever it is that you, you want to convey. My truth is my truth. It is something that happened to me. But now I am turning that around and using it to happen for me, for mm. my recovery, for my wellness, for my family and friends, for the recovery community at large. And, you know, that's, that's what I'm hoping for, to get out there and just really um, help as many people as I can and say, you're not alone, you're never alone, and we're all in this together. Absolutely. As the show title um, depicts, let's recover together. Um, I know that you're doing another podcast soon, and we talked about 
did you say soba yoga? Could you tell me what that's about? <laughs> yes. So um, I am doing on this Sunday, I'm, I'm recording another podcast with a young woman named uh, Alex McRobert, who calls herself the sober yoga girl. And she's a sober coach and yoga teacher. And she's the founder of the mindful practice. You can find her on Instagram at the mindful practice. She is running her first ever sober curious yoga week from August 29th to September 4th. Um, I'll just read you the, uh, the excerpt that says uh, the mindful practice is going is excited to bring you the first ever sober curious yoga week. We are bringing together yoga teachers, thought leaders, podcasters, and coaches in the realms of sobriety, health, and well-being from all over the world. This event is entirely free, put on by our community with a goal to help you create a balanced, intentional, and purposeful life where alcohol consumption, and I'll say drug, drug use as well, can be reduced or eliminated. And so this is a free event. I will be presenting my whole person wellness, reset your mindset, reignite your health, recharge your life workshop for those in recovery, specifically for those in recovery on August 28th. I think that that is next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. If you go to my um, Instagram page, Wendy Blanchard Consulting, you will find all of the in information there. Or as I said, you can go to Alex's uh, Instagram um, at the mindful, mindful life practice to get more information. Or you can email me, wendyblanchard044 at gmail.com. Um, I'm so grateful to you, Greg, and to you, Joe, for this amazing experience. I've had a blast today. And just being able to get my story out has been, again, once again, another day of healing for me. That is excellent. And I'm just going to spell your surname so people got it. Yeah. Is that OK? Yes. Yeah. So it's Wendy Blanchard, B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D. That you is you correct. You know where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so before we play your last song, I, like, as I said a few moments ago, like, I am so, so grateful that you're here and you've been so courageous and honest with us. I've had a blast. Um, I also wanted to thank the living room and Adveriad for helping us to have this uh, juncture. And uh, yeah, all our listeners, really, because we really are spreading a message of hope across the world. And uh, yeah, and, and you in particular. So thank you so much for being here, Wendy. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. It's always nice to sit and chat about something that has been hushed for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And your final song then is Look Up Child by Lauren Daigle. Tell me about this. Yeah, so uh, in my book, I had just, um, I was sending back my manuscript and I couldn't come up with a title for chapter one, which talks about, you know, my, my childhood and the abuse and, um, but then how I healed and I stood up from, from my desk and I said, well, you know what, I'm going to worry about it later. I'll think of a title later. And as I turned to walk out of the room where my desk is, I had my, uh, my radio on this song I'd never heard it before began to play and it's spirit saying to me look up child that's where the answer is 
that's the, the name of your first chapter. And when anything begins to affect me in a negative way, look up, child. That's where all the answers are, man. Yeah. Absolutely perfect.